Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Hakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, on YouTube. Videos drop every Monday and Friday. Once again, videos drop every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can follow the audio version of this podcast at War on Anchor. Once again, at W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can type that in your search engine boxes. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Type in those search, in, in those search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can also go to our website, weareregalradio.com, for more details. And you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unpodjackly fun, and we have very definite opinions. Lakina, with a, less than a week to go before the trade deadline, things are looking good for at least on one side of town as we talk Chicago baseball. Let's start with the first place, Chicago White Sox. There are currently 19 games over 500 as of this recording. They are playing in a four-game series on the road against the Kansas City Royals as we speak. Eloy Jimenez, the first domino, has fell as far as their superstars returning to the lineup. He rejoined the team yesterday. For those of you listening on the audio version, he returned to the lineup on Monday. We'll give you our uh, Cisco and Ebert reviews on his uh, first four games of uh, uh, in of uh, the season for him in our next episode. Lakina, let's review uh, the weekend series against the Milwaukee Brewers. The White Sox avoided this sweep by defeating Milwaukee on the road uh, three to one last Sunday night. Liam Hendricks had uh, a two inning save. Lance Lynn pitched a tremendous game, six innings with six strikeouts and swung a hot stick early in the second inning, giving the White Sox two RBI and which held up the Sox as I mentioned, avoided the sweep. Um, they played nationally ball this past weekend. The Milwaukee Brewers are a good team, as we told you guys. Uh, the Sox had three errors on Saturday, which was um, inexcusable. They scored two runs in the first two games of that series, but they came out to play last Sunday. Lance Lynn led the charge, as we said all year long. We'll keep saying this until the Sox season concludes. They are led by starting pitching and timely hitting. The defense needs to improve. It was no good on Saturday. Last Sunday, it stood up. Yeah, it was, I think that was definitely a, a game that they really needed to avoid this week because the first two games were very good. They had three errors in the Saturday's game. On Friday's game, the errors had got ejected. So, and that, mm-hmm. that definitely – So did La Russa. <laughs> yeah, La Russa was, La Russa was well, I should say, because they were arguing, you know, some a, a play that we won't get into it. But, you know, it was just – it just wasn't a good series for the White Sox. I think that – Lance Lynn's solid start, I think, especially during in a national television audience, you know, they, it was, it was definitely like a game that the White Sox really needed for morale boosting. I mean, they actually finally mm-hmm. were able to take advantage of some of the run support and actually gave Lynn some run support. So that definitely, you know, helped a lot. You know, Lance Lynn actually helped his own cause by, you know, get, ha- you know having two RBIs with a single, you know, that, that mm-hmm. score caused the end. So Zavala, which is who's been very good since being brought up, you know, he had a couple of, of RBIs himself in this series so I think that's definitely helped I think getting Eloy back can only 
Kelly, you know, help the White Sox. Again, we'll see how they maneuver him. How does, is he going to be an infielder? Is he going to be an outfielder? Is he going to DH? It, you know, it's going to be. He very, should be DH full time. That is it. But uh, that's, hide your gloves but, but and you know hide what, though, everything but, else. But, but you know what, though? You know how Eloy is. He's very stubborn about that. So, you know, we'll see how, how that goes. But, um, yeah, look, I think once again, I think you're showing again that the White Sox definitely need some mid relief help. I think that's really mm-hmm. going to be the thing that's going to keep the White Sox from, you know, not advancing far in the playoffs. I think that's definitely going to be one of those things that they're going to have, that Rick Oz is going to have to figure out. And look, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how all this team manifests as we get closer to the trade deadline. What, what moves does Rick Hahn have in mind? Is he going to get, you know, a middle relief guy? You know, is he going to get a bat? You know, Robert might be back in a few weeks. So it's going to be very interesting what direction he goes. And, you know, again, there are going to be a lot of guys out there. We're not going to probably going to hear no more until we reconvene again on Friday slash Saturday. Yeah, one of those players is Adam Frazier, the now former second baseman of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was traded to the San Diego Padres over the weekend. So uh, you could take his name off the list as far as considerations for the White Sox. Uh, you still have a, have Escobar out there in Arizona. Uh, mental relief, um, maybe Craig Kimbrell. I doubt it. Maybe a Terpa from the Cubs. I said Andrew Shaven. I'll still have his name on the list as far as possibilities for the White Sox to get some mental relief help. I know Aaron Bummer came in on in Friday's game. He did okay, but he's proven that this year has been a struggle for him. He's been consistently inconsistent all year. You may still need him at this point, but I would prefer the left-handed middle reliever, but those are hard to come by. And so Rick Hunt, who was there in attendance over the weekend, he he, he knows what the White Sox have needed for the, for the past couple of months. And I know sitting up close – didn't reveal too much more than he already knows. And so we know that he's working the phones as we speak. And let's see if he can strike up the possible deal. Yeah, I would still love to uh, have a backup second baseman. Danny Mendick Mendick mm-hmm. is not going to get it done. Leary, not Larry, Larry Garcia. He's good, but he's your utility guy, mostly in the outfield as a replacement. He's not your everyday second baseman. So, uh, that's second on the list, but as I said before, and I'll keep saying this until we reconvene in our next episode, uh, middle relief is the number one priority right now for the White Sox. Yeah, it's like you said, it's going to be interesting what names, you know, does Rick Hahn, you know, approach, you know, teams are probably going to want some of their top prospects. I mean, the White Sox, it's like the, like the White Sox have like a boatload of prospects, but there are a couple of guys that I think that they don't mm-hmm. want to have to unload to get maybe perhaps, you know, someone that's going to be like a rent you know, for the next couple of months. So, but the White Sox do need it because we saw it in the series that you're going to, then we've been seeing it over the, the season. You're going to need to, um, you're going to have to kind of buckle down and, you know, get a middle relief guy. And, and, and look, I know Frazier was a guy that some White Sox fans wanted. Unfortunately, the Padres beat you guys to the punch. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting though. What, what other names? I mean, do they try to get Kimbrell? I don't know. You know, do they probably do they go across town and get maybe get a Baez or a Rizzo or do they get Brian? I mean, there have been rumors about that. So, again, who knows? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be maybe Trevor Story from Colorado. Maybe, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, there is a that his name's been floating around too for like the last couple of weeks. You know, I know White Sox fans are really high on him, but if you're you know, it's going to be different going from 
you know, that, you know, with the high altitude in Denver to, you know, here in Chicago, mm -hmm. where, yeah, you can get hot in the hot weather, but once it starts getting cool, that's going to be when it starts to sort of, you know, can he kind of keep up that power? But again, it's going to be interesting, but, you know, like you said, Sid, I mean, it's sort of, you know, you just don't know, like, whether you're going to, you know, what direction Rickon decides to go. I mean, there's going to be some, it's going to be like really down to the last, like the very last, like, moments of the trade mm -hmm. down line. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, interesting to see what the prices for the, the asking price for some of these teams will be. And we've been saying that for the past month, uh, and I know some White Sox fans didn't want to hear it around the 4th of July holiday. Oh, Rick, I needs to make a move now. The reason why moves like that don't get made around that time because the asking prices is too high. And right now up to the trade deadline, you get the best, pass, best possible deal. And at the 11th hour, you just don't know what could happen. So, Rick Hahn is playing this correctly. You, you can't let fans run your team because if you do, you'll be sitting next to him with a pink slip in your hand. And so I trust Rick Hahn. He's going to do what's best for this team. He just hope that he doesn't give up too much. Well, and I think if you're the White Sox, if you want to, you know, get to the World Series or even get to the ALCS or get to the World Series, you're going to have to make some moves. And you may have to get rid of some of, maybe not all, but maybe one of your top guys that you have in your farm system that you're, you might have to maybe, you know, you know, part with a position player, who knows? I mean, it, it, like I said, it's going to be, look, the asking price of some of these teams are going to say, look, if you want to win the division and go beyond that, you're going to have to maybe, you know, you're probably going to have to, you know, pony up some of your top guys. We'll see what happens. All right. So as we get into the, you know, this, this week with the White Sox, I mean, I, look, I, I think it's just what, look, it's 162 games. We've been saying this when they got swept by the Yankees. You can't really, you know, go by one series. I mean, Milwaukee's a, a decent team and they got, they got Kansas City, they got, they got a Kansas City series. They're starting, you know, they're you know, going halfway through their series in, in KC, a good, but not a great team, but you should be able to at least win. If not at the very least split the series with Kansas City so that you won't have to, you won't give the, you know, the, the Indians or, you know, well, the Indians, they're still the Indians, but they won't be <laughs> the Guardians till next season. But do, do you think that this is going to be, you know, like, is it going to be make or break for the, for the White Sox at this point? This series, no, but this month of, of games coming up as we near the end of July and, and to begin the month of August, yes, because you have Kansas City twice. You're facing them right now on the road as we speak. You'll face them next week here in Chicago after you finish a, a three-game weekend series against the Cleveland baseball team, <laughs> just BPC. But after that, you have Kansas City. Of course, you got the Yankees here in Chicago. The first game is on that Thursday with the Field of Dreams game. Of course, you got the Cubs in two weeks, unless uh, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend in Wrigley. And you have a national television game uh, in that series on that Sunday night. So uh, the lights are on them. The schedule is going to get tougher, and we all know, Lakina, if you follow the game of baseball, August is, is the dog days of summer, and the, and the White Sox schedule is just going to get tougher. And also, you have a three-game series down in Tampa uh, later on in the month of August. You know, they just uh, made an acquisition for former Minnesota twin star Nelson Cruz, you, and we'll talk. We'll round uh, the bases in our uh, uh, MLB segment from the weekend coming up in a few minutes. But if you paid attention to that series with Tampa and Cleveland, he made a huge impact right away. So uh, the things are not going to get easy for the White Sox. And if you take a look at that schedule for the month of August, so is this series right now is it making a break? No. Uh, could it be for the month of August? Possibly, but as we said before, you want to play above 
500 baseball. If you could do that and not have any more serious injuries, you should be okay. Yeah, we'll get to their series in the next episode because it does get very, very tough. Well, and you're getting more and more attention now. Now, so mm-hmm. this is what the, this is what White Sox fans is what you guys wanted. You wanted more attention, so now you're going to be on in the spotlight playing some of these tough games. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. You listen to Second City Sports on you know on War Media. Second season sports podcast. I I can't talk. I guess <laughs> that's a tongue twister. <laughs> Along with Sydney Brown, I'm Lakina McGee. Now let's go to the north side, Sid. Now the Cubs, you know, they just couldn't sweep the Diamond Bats. I mean, they they went two out of three. You know, trade rumors are running rampant. You know, we'll you know Kimbrel is you know is a hot name right now. He's kind of be like the hot market. You know, hot market guy. You know, I think there was a always. I think there was already a supposedly a trade that was announced. I think with him and the Padres, if I if I'm not mistaken, that turned out to, turned out to be false. But you know, they did they didn't win two out of three, and that would have been you know really bad if they had been you know swept or they lost the series mm-hmm. with the D bats. Now they're gonna now they're playing in Cincinnati as we speak. So Sid, what's what's your take on the Cubs at least at this point as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline? Um, as far as Altafield is concerned, who's the next one to go? Will it be Kimbrough? Will it be Andrew Chafin? Will it be Chris Bryant? Will it be Wilson Contreras? I doubt it, but once again, you never know. Will it be Bias? I think that's um, that's the number one storyline around this team right now. As they sit currently, as of this recording, two games under 500. That's the number one storyline story right now. I just don't get the feeling right now. Unfortunately, I just have to say this, but... I don't see them turning it around. They, they go on this miraculous run. Now, could it happen after the trade deadline if the bottom doesn't fall out? Of course it can, but I just don't see it with this team. Now, on the field, uh, I, I wasn't shocked of what happened. You got hot against a bad Arizona team. Saturday's game, you were getting your brains beat in before the rainstorm. And so... Uh, you weren't consistent enough in that. Uh, as I said in the last episode, you can't just show up on the field and take Arizona for granted. I think that's what happened on Saturday. Now, Sunday, they forced the issue. They piled on the runs. It could have been more, but it it held up for a 5-1 to one victory. You shouldn't have had to use Craig Kimbrell uh, uh, this past Sunday, but they had to because their mineral relief couldn't uh, hold Arizona off the base pass. But you were lucky to win. Uh, the last game to to win the series. But I think we'll get more answers about what this team is in the future after Saturday's trade deadline. No matter what happens uh, this week in their four-game series against Cincinnati at the friendly confines. Yeah, I think that you're probably right about that. So we'll see if more guys go or can, you know, Jed Hoyer get some value from a Chris Bryant. That way, you know, in case he does leave, you know, you can probably get something for him. And, <laughs> and also with everything else, I mean, I I, I don't think Bias is going to go. I don't think Contreras is going to go either. I know, you know, Cubs fans are kind of like, you know, giving Contreras a side eye for some of the comments he's made in recent weeks. But, you know, Kim, you know, Kimbrough's probably your best, you know, your best bet. He can get something, you know, really good, especially if you get a desperate team that's in need of a reliever so you know i think if you're rick i mean if you're a hoyer you're gonna you should hold out for that now again you know the schedule for the cubs get a little kind of like you know even keel you know we get cincy you get washington right after the deadline they have three at colorado then of course you got the white Sox series next weekend they got four against milwaukee so you know who, who knows you know where the cubs will be by that point i mean like i said i don't think 
and I've said it before, I don't think Milwaukee is gonna not, I don't think Milwaukee's gonna end up winning that division. I just don't I just don't trust that team right now. And look, could the could the Cubs go into a run after the trade deadline? Who knows? We've seen it. <laughs> so it, it's not out of the question. I mean, yeah, it's a long shot, but it's not out of the question. So I mean, who knows what the mindsets are gonna be after the trade deadline. You know, some guys might be leaving, but also some guys might stay. That's just how crazy baseball is at times. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting, though. I'm, I'm, you know, it's going to be definitely something to look look out for. And like I said, Jed Hoyer, look, he learned under Theo, although his style is completely different. Mm-hmm. Is he's more methodical than Theo? He's more, you know, Theo's more analytical. Jed's a little more methodical. So we'll we'll see, you know, how how he does. And look, I'm, I'm like like he knows what he's doing. So I'm sure he's going to get the best deals or. If he can, you know, I don't think he's just, he's just going to give some of those guys that we mentioned and not get nothing, and not expect they to get anything back for them. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting, you know, as things start heating up in the next few days, especially in baseball, too, what we'll get to in a minute. It's just that on the field, it's hard to get a, a tough read on this Cubs team besides them being consistently inconsistent in terms of uh, swinging the bats and, and putting runs on the board consistently. And it's been a problem for the last three or four years. And we'll, as you mentioned, we'll get to the uh, the best and worst of baseball from this past weekend in just a moment. But you catch in Cincinnati at the right time. Of course, they've been in second place for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they had their struggles against the St. Louis Cardinals at home. And so maybe if you're the Cubs, maybe you can catch that spark of perhaps take three out of four. Uh, the worst you could do is split, but you have to take three out of four. Can this team do it? I don't know. You would hope, but I, 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 it's hard to get it. Uh, 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 a, read on the team, a, a read on this team, especially as we mentioned with everything going on. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, like I said, it's, t- it's tough to kind of like have your mindset as with the trade rumors and such. So, you know, you really don't know. Like, I guess if, you ain't th- if anything else, you want to play for pride, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if that's if that's they do have something to play for. They still have something to play for. So it, it's not like, like I said, I don't think Milwaukee's going to run away with the division. You know, I, I still don't think they will. So, again, you can kind of try to make a run and try to maybe, you know, gain a couple of games and then maybe go on a run. You know, are they, they're capable. Yes. Will they, will they do it? I, I doubt it. But, again, you never know. Baseball's crazy. Baseball's crazy in a lot of ways. Yes, baseball is crazy in a lot of ways. We'll see what happens to the men in blue this week. You're listening to Sega City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Let's go around the diamond, Lakina. The best and worst from the weekend. I'll start one of the best uh, baseball games I've watched this past uh, 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 this past Sunday. Uh, one, if not the best game of 2021 so far, uh, the New York Yankees in the Boston Red Sox. Of course, uh, those when those two teams get together, any and everything can happen. Of course, the Yankees. I had a chance to come out of Boston uh, in that weekend series with a 2-2 split. It just wasn't in the cards. Domingo Herman pitched a no-hitter into the eighth inning, gave up a lead-off double to Alex Verdugo. And after that, the bottom fell out. The Yankees' bullpen couldn't hold it. The Red Sox came back, scoring all five runs in the eighth inning, overcoming a 4-0 deficit to win the game 5-4 to and, and splitting the four-game series. The Red Sox still have a, a, a grip hold on that division over the Yankees and barely over the Tampa Bay Rays as they'll start. They already, <clears throat> excuse me, started their Boston, rather. They started their series with Tampa Bay. Uh, I'll, I'll get the schedule, but uh, I know they'll have the, the temp, they'll play Tampa Bay coming up. So that's the uh, game uh, coming up next weekend, especially for Sunday Night Baseball. So I'm, my apologies, my correction on that. But Lakina. As I said before, with the Red Sox, 
I'm not impressed by the, their starting pitching. I know they got Evaldi. I know Chris Sale is supposed to come back soon, and so maybe there'll be a boost. But their offense, not just uh, Alex Verdugo, their center fielder, but Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, they have a dynamic lineup, and that's the reason why they're still in the first place right now. And they showed that um, uh, this past week, especially in that comeback last Sunday against the Yankees. Well, oh God, I mean, if you're the Yankees, that wasn't a very good game for you. It's the third loss this season after holding a, a lead of four-plus runs in the eighth inning or later. That's time for the most in the season in franchise history. So, uh, yeah, if you're a Yankees fan, you're not feeling very good right now, especially since you had a no-hitter. Jermaine had a no-hitter going, you know, six innings. So, like, what really, it's, it's absurd. But, you know, I mean, I think it might be time for the Yankees to kind of just, you know, call it a day. I mean, they've had their chance to get a 2-2 split. That didn't happen. They missed their opportunities. And, and you know, look, a lot of – like, I know folks who follow sports, you know, I know people who cover sports in New York. I'll, maybe I'll probably try to get them on at some point. But, you know, they can't – jeez. I, I mean, like, I think it might be time for Aaron Boone to go. Like, I never thought I would say that, but they, this team has not met expectations. And in fact, they've been way below expectations, especially this season. A lot of, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of folks thought that the Yankees would probably be right there in a division battling with Tampa Bay. That's not the case. So, like, you may have to start, you have struggles with Judge, you have struggles with Stanton, and your pitching has not been very consistent. So, if you're the, if you're the Yankees, I, look, I know, I know the Sign Brother kids are saying that, you know, we don't want to, you know, sell off, but you may not have mm-hmm. a choice at this point. Yeah, they're not going to sell off everyone, but I'm sure they can move a guy or two to shake things up because things are not going their way. Let's be honest here. They're not going to win the division. It's, all, it, uh, it's either going to be Boston or Tampa Bay. The Yankees, I still believe they're seven or nine and a half back in the wild card, and the wild card in the American League is going to be competitive this year. So I, and they, they, you can't tell me that the Yankees – are going to win the wild card. If you told me that right now, I, I would say uh, I'm not putting any money on that. Not Just even. based on the way they've been playing. You know, well, look, do you know how many teams they have to, you know, jump over to get to that second, even to the second wild card spot? That's a, there's a log jam. At least four teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a log, there's a log jam. So especially when you've got, you know, you've, you've got Tampa, you know, you guys in your, you folks in your own division, you got Tampa, you got Cleveland, you got the teams in the AL West. I mean, the A's and the and perhaps the Mariners too. Yes, I said the Mariners. Yes, I think they can probably make. Yeah, it the I'm Yankees not... are currently three and a half back of the wild card as yeah. of this recording yeah, for the second not. spot, uh, help held on by Oakland. Yeah, so they're not. Yeah, so they're gonna have to jump over four teams in order to get to that second spot. I mean, look, it, it's it's a doable, yes, but again, you've got like a log jam of teams. You got to jump over two teams in order to get to that 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 second wild card spot. So they probably won't sell off, but again, I think. You, you know, and they may trade a guy to kind of, you know, try to, you know, jumpstart the, you know, the team, but it's going to be very hard. They're going to have to pick it up. So we'll see what they can do now. My, is my, uh, like performer of the, of the week, you know, the weekend, if you will, is Mr. Shohei Atani from the Los Angeles Angel, mm-hmm. Angels of, or of Southern California, Orange County. Um <laughs> He the became, OC. Yeah, he became the uh, the fourth player born outside the U.S. to hit 35 home runs before the end of July in his in uh, league history, joining guys like Sammy Sosa, David Ortiz, and Vinny Castilla. Castilla. So, you know, look, 
he's probably gonna be very like year AL maybe MVP. I know we've seen all the stuff that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is doing. He's top five in pretty much every offensive category, but you gotta think Otani with all the stuff he's doing. And he can all it can also pitch two folks, you know, you know <laughs> but uh but um, I think he's definitely going to be the leader in the clubhouse for AL MVP, at least for right now. So who else for you was sort of like your like performer of the week or, or worst performer, I guess. You say uh, let's go to that Toronto, New York Mets series. The Mets uh, take two out of three. And I saw you, re- uh, you retweeted this over the weekend. I saw it on the highlights. So uh, George Springer with a great yes. catch in Saturday night's game in, in center field, uh, yep. diving head first uh, to uh, take a, extra base hit away that that was spectacular so Toronto we talked about with the Yankees in the wild card race Toronto needs to get their act together too I don't know that they, uh, they're facing the Boston Red Sox this week we'll get to the rest of the schedule for this week for Major League Baseball in a couple of minutes but Toronto needs to turn it around and I, I know they're and also they're going to have their first home game uh, this coming Friday against Kansas City back in Toronto I know the fans are excited up there to welcome their team back home after playing uh, their home games on the road in three cities the last two years. So, congratulations to the uh, the, to the city of Toronto. We'll talk about that more about that in our next episode. But getting back to on the field, Toronto they lost two out of three uh, on the road to the Mets. The Mets, as of right now, looks like they will win that NLEs by default. The Atlanta Braves uh, took it on the chin uh, last Sunday in um, earning a split in Philadelphia. Aaron Nola for Philadelphia pitched an outstanding game for the Phillies. Atlanta, as we said before, I know Ronald Acuna Jr. is out for the year with a torn ACL, but they were struggling before his injury. I don't trust them to turn it around and go on the run. I just don't. Philadelphia, I like Joe Girardi as a manager, but do you think Philly's going to go on a tear? I, I, don't, I, I don't see it. I just don't. Yeah, they split their series with Atlanta over the weekend, and I feel they kind of, I think they had a chance to maybe win three out of four, but I don't want to you know, go into a whole thing about it, but yeah, they, they, I, well, they're, you know, the Phillies kind of remind me of the Cubs, but, but they're slightly better. They're kind of inconsistent with their pitching yeah. and their hitting. So, you know, look, they're far back, you know, we'll see if they make any moves. They can still make a, a case in the wild cards, you know, in the wild card spot. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they're, they're sort of like, you know, they're, I think what right now is the Dodgers and the, uh, the Padres. So, you know, it's going to be tough to get in that wild card spot if you're anybody outside of the National League West. So that's going to be a very interesting um, interesting thing there now. Again, could Atlanta maybe – how long can they hang on without – a? you know, how long can they hang on? So I, I don't know. I know they – it's going to be very interesting, though. I You know, do you trust the Mets to perhaps pull away in the NL East? I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean – I don't. I mean, it, it's, it's they're a good team, but they're not a great team. No, so, they're not. Uh, like so. I said, they're they're you know they don't scare anybody. Speaking of uh, teams uh, trying to scare people, the Los Angeles Dodgers, Mookie Betts is back on the IL. Uh, it is he's dealing with that hamstring thing back to right before the All Star break. They lost two out of three to the Colorado Rockies. If you're a Dodgers fan, are you hitting the panic button button right now? Well. No, actually, they won their series, actually, against it. They won two out of three. It was actually – they lost three out of four against the Giants before that series. That's probably when – they actually played the Giants again. The you correct. Yeah, you correct. Yeah, yeah so – yeah, so, um, But still, so, they didn't look that great against Colorado. It should have been two out of three they lost. But but still, if you're a Dodgers fan, Mookie Betts on the IL again. Trevor Bauer, we know his off-the-field issues are. It looks like he may not pitch again this season. 
uh, are you hitting the panic button right now, or are you just waiting for them to go on a hot streak? Well, look, we'll see if they can make any moves during the trade deadline. You're, you're, pro- you're going to need another starter because it looks like Bauer is going to be gone for the year. You may have to try to get another bat, you know, now that you know, Betts is banged up. Again, we'll see. I mean, I'm not freaking out. I mean, the only good thing is that the Giants are pulling away in their divisions, in that division. So you're still two back, I mean, as of right now. And, and look, the Giants have had their struggles lately, too. I mean, I guess no one really expected the Giants to be up there. They're hanging on. Do I think mm-hmm. they're going to hang on till the rest of the season? I doubt it. So we'll see if they make any moves. But again, look, they're the Dodgers. I think, I think they'll they'll turn it on when they need to. I'm sure they're going to. I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure they're they're on the lookout for you know, for some reinforcements. They're going to need another, like I said, they're going to need another pitcher. They may need another reliever too. You know, since Jens has been struggling. But in, and and look, I'm, I'm sure you know Betts will be back. I mean, you know that that hamstrings are bothering him. It was just before the break. You still got other guys in the lineup that can hit. So I'm, I'm not worried about the Giants. I mean, the, the, the Dodgers. I mean, the Giants. I mean, can they hang on? You know, they've held on this long. I don't think they will. I think, I think the Dodgers will eventually take control of that division. I, I said that, you know, right before the All-Star break, I'm going to keep it, you know, keep it that way. Um, the Padres, I mean, they, they made that deal with Frazier. We'll see if they make any moves. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they need to get it together because they've got other teams behind them for that second wild card spot. So they're going to mm-hmm. have to kind of, you know, get it going too. I know Tatis Jr., you know, still continues to amaze. He became the second player in Dodgers his I mean in Padres history, I should say, with 30 home runs before the end of July. Jordan Greg Vaughn, there's a there's a name for the record books. <laughs> you know, he had 38 in 98. Take me yeah. back to my teenage years. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that that's a long way back, right? So yeah, so the Padres are gonna have to get it going. So I don't know, like I said, I look I, I think that that West NL West is still up for grabs. Uh, let's go to the opposite in the AL West. The Houston Astros took care of the Texas Rangers. Uh, Seattle, Oakland um, uh, did battle in the Pacific Northwest this weekend. Lakina, I'm not saying Seattle is going to go on a huge run, but I wouldn't ignore them just yet. You know me, I, I like Oakland. I still think they're going to have a say as far as uh, the wild card is concerned, as far as if they get into the playoffs. I think they'll have they, their, their say. But uh, Houston, they're still good. But I think Oakland will have a say in this AL wild card. Don't ignore them. Just have Seattle. They're just kind of sneaky. No one's talking about them. And I think they like it that way. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, look, I'm not saying that they're going to make a play for the National League West. I mean, the AL West. They're not. They're not going to. They're mm-hmm. not going to do it. So again, they got a young, scrappy team. Again, look, they're right there for the wild card. I mean, like they're they're right after Oakland. They're like only one and a half. You know, back in the wild card spot for the second wild card mm-hmm. spot. So, it's they could have they could also have a say as to who will win. Now, will they make any moves? You know, it's going to be kind of tough because they really don't have mm-hmm. they don't they don't have a lot of assets. But again, we'll see. I mean, that that AL wild card is a log jam. There's still there's like what yeah. five or six teams within like six games or less. So mm-hmm. it's definitely going to look. The AL is definitely like you said. So the AL wild card is definitely going to be like a log jam. So it's going definitely going to be a fight. You know, to the probably the end of the season. So you, you've got the Rays, you got the A's, you got the Mariners. The Yankees are still in it. Yeah, I know that's that's hard to believe for the Yankees fans, but they are. <laughs> then you got you know Toronto, Cleveland, and the Angels. So they could <laughs> look. They're still look. Some of those teams will probably definitely be making moves during you know, right before the trade deadline. I think you can cancel out the Yankees and the Angels and not Seattle yet, but eventually you can. But 
Uh, like we mentioned before, it's going to be a long jam. Now, Tampa Bay, as we mentioned a few moments ago, I know they picked up Nelson Cruz from Minnesota uh, over the uh, last week or so. He's going to make that lineup that much, that's, that much more dangerous. We, know, we all know what the Tampa Bay's philosophy is, just like this year's White Sox, timely hitting, great pitching, great defense. Nelson Cruz adds uh, a big bat to that lineup, which gives uh, – the Tampa Bay Rays that much more respect. Now I would be more afraid of them and then Oakland if I'm a White Sox fan come playoff time. Yes, we can have more of these fun discussions <laughs> right now before the playoffs start, but uh, I wouldn't ignore Tampa Bay just yet. I know for Sox fans are worried about Houston and rightfully so, but I'm worried about Oakland first, Tampa Bay second. Well, and look, I think Tampa is on a mission. Look, we'll see if they can hang on. You know, who knows, who knows, maybe they'll have another trade up there. See, maybe they can get a pitcher. I won't be shocked. Maybe get a pitcher, perhaps. Like, I, I, like, I don't think the Red Sox are going to be, you know, up there for long. Like you said, their pitching is still very, their pitch has actually stayed in there, but, you know, we'll see if the bottom falls out for mm-hmm. them. So, uh, look, the Rays are very interesting to me, you know, just, you know, considering that they, you know, they made the World Series last year and, like, you get a lot of those guys back, you know, except for a couple of guys. So, it's going to be very interesting to, and very intriguing to see what the Rays do because I think that I think they got another trick up their sleeve. I think. And they could could Boston have a, a trick up their sleeve? As we mentioned, Chris Sale is supposed to be back soon. He had Tommy John surgery. He missed all of last season, and so can they can they make another move to bolster their bullpen? We shall see. Uh, like you said, Tampa. I think they can make another move. Well, who will that player be? We'll just have to wait and see, but they could definitely use another starter. They got their bat. They could use another bullpen or more, perhaps a starter. And, you know, starting pitching, everybody wants to say it's hard to come back. Do you have the right assets to give these little bottom teams to satisfy them? Oh, like I said, we'll, we'll see what happens. So let's talk before we, you know, before we move on to, you know, other stuff, you know, let's talk about some of the series we got coming up, you know, as, as Sid said, mm-hmm. you got Toronto and Boston. That should be an interesting one. There mm-hmm. you got Atlanta and New York, Washington and Philly. Look, I've been saying for the last few weeks, the NL East, you know, they're going to be beating each other up these next couple of weeks. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see how the, pos- the positioning, how who's going to, you know, come on on top once it's after that point. It's going to be even harder, you know, as we go to next month. We told you about Cincy and the Cubs, mm-hmm. of course, um, the White Sox in Kansas City, Detroit and Minnesota, Colorado and the Angels and Houston and Seattle. That should be a good one in the AL West. And, you know, maybe, maybe perhaps the Mariners can, you know, strike a little fear into the, uh, the Astros. Cause you think you want to look, if you want to get to that point, you probably, you're going to have to be one of the top teams in your division. So we'll see what the Mariners mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Just a, just a couple of series that I'm going to be paying attention to this week is uh, Oakland and San Diego. I know some people may have had this as a World Series matchup. I won't go that far just yet, but as I said before, Oakland's a dangerous team. San Diego needs to get their act together. They're a good team. They just made the acquisition for Adam Frazier over the weekend. So this is go time for both teams. But I think the pressure is more on San Diego to win, win this series because they're in a battle with the Dodgers and the Giants for the NL West title. And Oakland's they're in a battle with Houston as well, but more expectations has, has been placed on the Padres. So I think the pressure's on the project, Padres to win this series. Of course, now you have the Dodgers and Giants this time from San Francisco. We all saw that great series over uh, this past uh, week, uh, what San Francisco did to the Dodgers in L.A. 
Will the same result happen this time in that backyard, or will the Dodgers find it themselves to win that series? Um, it'll be interesting to watch that one as well. Well, look, it's some very interesting series. And these are, some of these series are not make or break. Let's not, you know, go that far. Mm-hmm. But again, these will definitely be positioning for teams, especially as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Should be a fun week in baseball. You're listening to Second City yeah. Sports with Sydney Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. What do you want to say, Sid? I'm sorry. I think I cut you off. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, okay, so right before we go take our, our, uh, our little break here and a little breather, uh, we're gonna go over to some Olympics. I wish I could have the Olympics, you know, theme going on in the background. <laughs> so, you know, I, I love that theme. Always gets me every time. But um, team, well, we're gonna go to men's basketball. Team USA lost to France on Sunday. Um, yeah, early Sunday. You know, it was Sunday night in you know in Japan, but you know, early Sunday here mm-hmm. in the states. You know, it's their first loss in Olympic play since '04 when they lost to Argentina. Of course, you know that team ended up winning the silver. Um, Sid, I mean, look, there are so many, like, you know, things you can say that's wrong with the U.S. men's basketball team. It seems like now everybody's a basketball expert. I mean, once, once that loss happens, so it, it's just crazy. <laughs> but, uh, what, what, what do you think, Sid? I mean, I'm, look, I'm going to just going to say it first. I mean, look, it's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, you've got Evan Fournier and then you got Rudy Gobert on that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they were like a 12 point favor. The U.S. was, but you know, there were a lot of factors going, you know, going on, going into mm-hmm. this matchup. And I, I think people just need to kind of, you know, give them a, I'm not saying give them a break, but kind of give them a little bit of leeway. But what do you think? Sid? Cause I'm going to say my, my thoughts, you know, after you. A couple of things that took away from that, from that loss on Sunday with the team USA. We told you for the last couple of weeks, outside of Bam Adebayo, the big man for the Miami Heat, the U S was going to struggle uh, with the athletic big man from other teams, especially in pick and roll. That's exactly what France did, especially in that second half. Number two, the world does not fear USA basketball anymore. And we told you guys this. Superstars that play in the NBA, they're from other countries. They're playing for their home countries. And that's what we're, we're looking at right now. We'll talk about some of the other players on the flip side of this break. And number three, in, from the from the loss, Kevin Durant, who's one of the best players in, in the NBA, and one of the best scorers in, in this generation. He struggled. He eventually fouled out, but he struggled with foul trouble all night long. And U.S. just couldn't get it going, especially in that second half. Kevin Durant struggled with foul trouble. Damian Lillard had a good first half, struggled in the second half. Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls. He had a, a nice dunk. He had a three-point shot. He, uh, his three-point shot in that fourth quarter saved Team USA. And that was the last bucket they scored in, for the four-and-a-half-minute stretch before France took over at the end. I don't know if you caught uh, Evan Fournier's uh, comments after the game on the NBC telecast. He told Lewis Johnson that they saw a weakness with the USA with a couple of the players uh, just joining the team, i.e. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Devin Booker. So I thought he brought up a good point right there. He said, and I said, yes, Chris Middleton didn't play, but Devin Booker did, and Drew Holiday, who saved Team USA in the start of that fourth quarter. He was the best player on both teams early in that fourth quarter. And so Fournier was correct on that. They saw a weakness in the Team USA. They weren't uh, playing together. They, they're not playing in one unit. In which he was correct. But 
the, the world doesn't fear USA basketball anymore. And you could say that things would be different if Steph Curry was playing, if James Harden was playing, and some of the other top guys from the uh, NBA were playing. But this is the team that you have. The, your lack of big men and the lack of uh, defense in the pick and roll is eventually is going to cost you. And I expect them to beat Iran tonight. And I expect them to beat the Czech Republic on There's no fear with the Team USA anymore because the majority of the superstars that are playing with the NBA and they're, who are from other countries, they're playing for their home countries. And you, and you see with their uh, rosters from, from other countries like France and Serbia and some of these other powerhouse uh, basketball teams from overseas, they have balanced up and down their roster. Going back to the U.S., uh, you have a lack of shooters outside of Zach Levine and Damian Lillard. Now, outside of Bam Adebayo, as we talked about earlier with the uh, with the mobile big man, uh, other teams like France, as we saw last Sunday, they have mobile big men, and they get to um, know what to do with the pick and roll. We as Americans don't know what to do with the pick and roll on the defensively. And you saw France go to it every time. And so, this wasn't a shock for me to see Team USA lose. Of course, I wanted to see them win the game, but when you struggle to defend the pick and roll and you struggle shooting and shooting down the search, this is what happens. Yes, Kevin Durant got in foul trouble, and eventually he fouled out. Uh, Damian Lillard, uh, the defense was great from, from France in that second half. And Zach Levine, he tried, but he couldn't uh, do anything in that second half. Drew Holiday who just got over there a couple of days ago, saved Team USA early in that fourth quarter. So uh, if you're USA, you have an a, a easy opponent, at least on paper tonight, I guess Iran. You can catch that on the Peacock app tonight at 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Peacock app. You can watch that game live. Lakina, uh, U.S. has, quote, unquote, two easy opponents on paper, Iran and then the Czech Republic on Saturday. They need to show their dominance in these next two games before the middle round next week. Look, I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it because I feel like everybody's got their opinions and, you know, everything. Everyone's now a basketball after, like I said, all of a sudden. Now, <laughs> look, this whole thing, you know, with you know, comparing this team to the 04 team, again, I'm not going to go through all the names, but a lot of those guys that were in 04, you know, a lot of those guys are Hall of Famers or soon to be Hall of Famers. So to say mm – -hmm. You know, to say that, oh, well, you know, they, you know, they, this is against the old 14. No, no. And D Wade and LeBron and Carmelo, they were all very young. They were all like, you know, barely in their 20s or just at, just in mm -hmm. their 20s. And second, you know, the coaching, the coaching has to play some responsibility here. Larry Brown didn't get the responsibility in 04, and Pop needs to get the responsibility, you know, to, in this year. And mm -hmm. also, too, the, the team wasn't, you know, wasn't constructed very well. Also, too, they're not being, you know, they're, they're poorly coached and, and everything, like you said, said with, you know, with not having a, a true inside guy that could be not only a paint protector, but can also do the pick and rolls. Mm -hmm. Not having an actual actual guard that can that can shoot. You could have had that with Trey Young, you know, even Trey Young was saying, hey, I'm available, come on. Yeah. You know, I, I want to play. You know, they didn't pick him. So all this, all the parameters there needs to be addressed. Yes, the world is caught up, yeah, but again, the way the system is, it seems like the last couple of years, the U.S. has kind of, you know, went away from what made them successful from 
um, from, I guess we could say, maybe 06 or perhaps, you know, 2018. Mm-hmm. So they went away from the form of how to make up the roster. Now, with, once Grand Hill takes over after the Olympics, I'm sure a lot of that stuff will change. They may have to bring in another coach like uh, Eric Spolstra. I've heard some people say maybe Tyron Lou. I've heard you and some folks. Well, maybe Jay Wright. I believe he's an assistant I right said, now yes, on so the set. Right now, yeah, he could kind of be like what the coach K, you know, what Coach mm-hmm. K did all those years on that for that team. So you're going to need somebody that's going to commit to the team, you know, for the next maybe decade, because you only got three years between now and the next next the next Olympics in in Paris. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to get it together. So look, I'm not going to look. It's not ideal, but I'm not going to say they're done. But mm-hmm. they better get together because you're going to, you know, black basketball Twitter is going to be on the warpath. So you better, <laughs> win, you better win these next two games against Iran, the Czech Republic, and win them handily so that way maybe you can get some confidence mm-hmm. going into the medal rounds. Yeah, that, that couldn't have said it any better. As I said before, you need to dominate Iran tonight, and then you take your chances with the Czech Republic on Saturday because, it's going, as we said before, it's going to get tougher when you go into the medal round, the knockout rounds, which start uh, next week. So we'll see what happens tonight in tonight's game against Iran. You need to show up and, and insert your dominance and play all aspects of the game. If you don't, you're really going to be in trouble. Like you said, 0-4 is going to seem like Little League stuff <laughs> if you somehow lose to Iran tonight. And so we trust that Team USA will get it together, at least for this game and perhaps for Saturday's game. There should be two and one going to the medal rounds next week. So we expect a, a lot out of USA basketball. It all starts tonight. 20-second timeout. You're listening to the, to an all-new uh, fun-filled edition of Second City Sports. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. We'll have more sports and more fun. Well, we still have the Olympics to talk about. Training camp is, are starting this week. Teams are reporting right now as we speak. There's news going on about that. And plus, we'll have a, a surprise to along the way. We'll see you and hear you on the flip side. And welcome back to the second half of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. <laughs> Along with Cindy Brown, I'm Lakina, M- Lakina McGee. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Cindy Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. S I D K I D 80. And you can follow this podcast, I can see sports at War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The you can follow, you know, you can watch our episodes, the video episodes on the YouTube channel at War Media. Also, too, we get the audio version. You can get it at Anchor, Google Play, whatever you get. Google, I should say there's no Google Play anymore. My bad. Uh Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So it's all right there. Just you know, check us out. And feel free and, you know, give us, and also you too on the iTunes, make sure you give us a five-star rating so that way we can, you know, make some money off of this. You know, just, we don't usually yes. do that, but uh, that's sort of like the thing. That's how they do it here. So, you know, give us a little, give a hook up with a little, get hook your friends up here with like a five-star rating. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like I said, so I wish we had, you know, the, 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 um, the Olympic theme in the background, but uh you know, again, I just want to finish up the, the basketball. And also, too, you got to think that maybe the scheduling didn't help either. Maybe perhaps maybe they could have started the season maybe a little earlier maybe. And then maybe, you know, or maybe like shave a month off of the season, whereas 
you know, maybe they wouldn't have to, Middleton and Booker and Holiday wouldn't have to flown in and, you know, they would have had jet lag. And plus you had issues with Zach Levine and whether or not he would be able to travel. So I think that also played a part in the U.S. losing, not making excuses, but let's make this also consider that as well. Just saying. Yep. Also, too, uh, the other, uh, I, I know I'm stepping on your toes, Lakina, but we also have other events going on uh, with the Olympics as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, as yours truly, I'm in, into the track and field. I know I asked you a few weeks ago about who the, who should, should we watch out for. I know Shikari Richardson, with her issues, she won't be able to participate in this year's Olympics. I can't wait to watch Simone Biles. Hopefully I didn't miss it already. But <laughs> uh, gymnastics, I always look forward to. But what are some of the other events that are starting to take place uh, well, in Tokyo? Well, the swimming has is in full swing. You had Team USA winning their 10th gold in the men's 4 by 100 meter freestyle relay led by Caleb Dressel, someone who could probably very likely win five gold medals in these games before the week is over with. He led the team, you know, to their win. It's like I said, their 10th gold in the men's mm-hmm. 100 meter freestyle relay. That's always a lot of fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see here. Also Kayla Decky, and I know people are kind of freaking out that she won silver, but the young lady from Australia, Ariane Titmus, who's coach, by the way, uh, did some things. I'm sure you probably saw the gifts going around. Sid, you know, he had his mask off. He was doing some, you know, stuff that you probably would only see after dark. But again, we won't. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Look, I'm sure his. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they. You know, the the Australian Olympic you know, Olympic team has kind of gone on him on him about that. But yeah, Ariana Timmons, you know, she actually beat Ledecky in the World Championships two years ago in the women's 800. So it's really not a surprise that she beat Ledecky. She actually beat Ledecky like oh, but like maybe like a half a second because. The two years ago when she won, she actually beat her by five seconds. So Ledecky actually did even better. But let's remember, though, folks, she actually, you know, she broke the 1,500-meter uh, record, <laughs> the Olympic record, the 1,500 meters, which is really her event. Plus, she also mm-hmm. has other events in the, in the relays coming up. So she's going to be okay, I think. So I think for people who are – Yeah, she was America's darling in the last Olympics. So uh, I still expect her to do well. You can't win them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, the, and the, the, the swimming, you know, teams have done very well. They've won a couple other golds mm-hmm. and also two some silver and bronze. That's one of the reasons why the U.S. is leading the medal count right now. They won a gold in uh, women's fencing, which is pretty cool. And uh, Vince, Vincent Hancock won his third gold medal in skeet shooting. And also Amber English won her gold medal in that same event on the women's side. So it's actually the first time that the U.S. has won gold medals in both men's and women's in the same Olympics. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So, yeah, so the U.S. actually done, has been doing, doing pretty well so far in the medal count as of right now. <laughs> Yes, as of right now, they're in second place with 14 total medals. China's in first with 18. Japan is in third place with 13 total medals. So uh, things are off to a hot start. I also want to see what we do in volleyball. Now, I did check out the three-on-three. I know this is something new new this year as far as basketball. I know Stephanie Dolson from the Chicago Sky is participating in that event. Yeah, they're actually in the medal rounds, I think, I believe. I think they're 6-0 going mm-hmm. to the medal rounds. So, unfortunately, the men didn't qualify despite winning the World Championships. I don't know how that happened, but, again, that's another <laughs> again, that's, a, that's another story for another episode. But, yeah, um, unfortunately. But the women's soccer team, you know, after losing to Sweden, they came back and beat New Zealand. So, like the men's basketball team, I'm not worried about them. You know, like, it's a little different with them because you got, mm-hmm. you know, you know, um, Megan Rapino, um, Carly Lloyd, they're well in their 30s. I know Alex Morgan's only 31, but she's been on the team since she was a teenager. They've got a new coach. So 
a lot of parameters, you know, different, but I'm not worried about them. I think they'll be, they'll be okay. Um, the women's basketball team has had, also had their issues. They're going to be okay too. I'm not worried about them. I know they're supposed to start today. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they are. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about them either, but again, you know, the track and field doesn't start till this week, this weekend. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got, yeah, wait a little a few more days, Sid, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> I know, I know, but look, enjoy the, the kayak and the canoeing and the volleyball, both indoor and outdoor. You know, the U.S. should be doing, should do pretty well. Also water polo, the women are the defending, I think they're the defending gold medal champs and the world champs. And also the men too, they're, you know, they might be doing, they might do pretty well too this go around as well. So yeah, so a good start for the U.S. I mean, look, they've got some medals, you know, coming on tonight to the gymnastics. Um, we'll see. I, I, look, I'm sure the uh, Simone Biles and the other ladies are going to do very well. Look, remember, yeah. Biles is the only returning um, gymnast. All the other girls are new to the team. So I think they want to get those kinks out the way. So I think they'll be okay. It'll be over with by the time, you know, we, we come back, but we'll talk about that. But I think they'll be okay once, you know, they got the kinks and stuff. And plus the scores from the qualifying rounds, they don't count anymore. They just, they'll, you start over. So this mm-hmm. is sort of a good way for the U.S. to kind of get back into it. The men, you know, had, they did pretty well. They, they finished fifth, which is actually pretty good because I think they came like in seventh or eighth in the last Olympics. So, and we actually got some chance to win the medals with some medals in the event. So I'm not too worried about the men either. So I'm, I'm sure the men will probably take a couple of medals. It sounds like uh, um, that we're starting to see the change in uh, the guard or the, perhaps the last run regarding the U.S. women's uh, soccer team, like, as you mentioned, because of the ages. So it looks like it's going to be the Olympics in some events for our athletes, U.S. athletes. So it's the change of the guard or it's just the last run uh, for these uh, veteran athletes. So it, it should be interesting. I'm really looking forward to Simone Biles, especially I had to watch her in the last Olympics. She, she almost went undefeated and winning gold medal, except for one event. Uh, let's see if she could do that again. Yeah, absolutely. She'll, I, think she'll, I think she'll get together. Look, she's a veteran. I think she'll – I know not having the crowd to feed off of, I think that's mm-hmm. – look, look, it might actually benefit some athletes. It might be a little weird for some athletes. So who knows? And I know not having the families there. I actually like what NBC is doing with some of the athletes and bringing some of the you – know, the parents and, and everything says, you know, they can't travel. Mm-hmm. They couldn't travel to the Olympics this year. So it's, a, it's, it's cool. It's a, it was a pretty cool site. So, you know, to kind of get their reactions in real time, I think it's going to, should be interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens, you know, this week. Look, I, look yeah. there, are there any like niche sports that you like watching? Uh, I, the water polo, uh, uh, I'll admit that, you know, and maybe the, um, What's that? It's not. I know field hockey's in it this this year. I did catch a couple of minutes of that. Uh, what's that? What is that sport where you? It's not. It's not a broom. I know before people yelling me. Oh, what is that called? Curling. Curling. Yeah, curling. Thank you. That, I can't yeah, think of a basketball. That's yeah. why I was when you turned thirty, folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll say. Well, yeah. That's next year's Olympics, so it's always fun. And and actually, the men will be yeah. the defending champions in curling. So. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I found that to be interesting. Let's look. Let's come up with a sport. Let's see if we can make it an Olympic <laughs> sport. <laughs> well, look. At, well, look. I mean, you know, skateboard just became an Olympic sport. Um, let's see. Um, the softball team's been doing pretty well for the women. You know, they're six and zero. I think they're going into the middle rounds as well. So yeah, I like the canoe kayaking because you know, just the, all that strength. You gotta, especially with the, with the kayaking, you kind of go a white water rafting. That's that's pretty cool. Also, the, the equestrian, too, you know, the horse jumping and the dressage, mm-hmm. that's actually pretty cool. You know, you don't, 
that's another sport you know usually watched like, to like every four years or mm -hmm. in this case five years so yeah so it's a pretty you know look you got some pretty cool Olympic sports to check out and also you can check it out on all the NBC networks on the Peacock app so just check it out. I know the Rays have not been very good but there are multiple mm -hmm. factors as to why we'll we'll talk about it as the days go on but mm -hmm. so I think so far I think if you're NBC you gotta be feeling pretty good couple other things about the Olympics before we go jump into football. One, can we uh, create a, an Olympic sp uh, sport, Lakina, and get it on for the once in three years in Paris? Can we combine, like, strike them out and dodgeball? Can we do something <laughs> in that realm? We, let's create a sport and then get it approved by the committee. Because that's what this was like, going on right now. Let's see. Rollerblading and, rollerblading and dodgeball. <laughs> that'd be that'd be that would be fun that would be fun that that would be interesting too like you, you <laughs> go on skateboards you know you hit somebody over the right you know, go on roller skating and dodging <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i can it, see something like that that could that actually could work actually they had um somebody actually you know espn asked a question what is olympic sport that should that should be an olympic sport that's not and then someone said dating which is you know, like you know i think i think she might have been right about that um i said cleaning which <laughs> Look, I, I said cleaning, which I think, look, I think any Olympic sport than, you know, cleaning, you know, whatever, whether you're mopping, sweeping, you know, or just general cleaning or doing yard work. Somebody said yard work is, a, and also to uh, one of our, our, our good friends, uh, Matt Verderan said that, you know, picking up groceries in one trip, that should be an Olympic sport because, <laughs> look, nobody wants to do two trips. I, and, I, and I get it, especially when you have to walk, you know. I know they've got apps now, but it's nothing like, you know, feeling the, you know, the mm -hmm. stuff before, the merchandise before you, you buy it. So that's why people are very old school. I'm very <laughs> like that too. So yeah, getting all the groceries in one trip, I, I get it. Yeah, I still say rollerblading combined with dodgeball. See roller, if we do something with that. Like dodge roller or rollerball or something. I think there was a yeah. movie, I think there was a movie called Rollerball, I think, somewhere. Somebody might have had a movie about that. I think you're right. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, one other quick question before we move on. Uh -huh. uh, what did you think about the new uh, Olympic basketball uh, television crew from NBC? Chris Marlowe, who's the TV voice of the different Nuggies, and Vince Carter, who does work for the Hogs and ESPN. What did you think about that crew? I think they sounded good. I think, look, I mean, look, I think there's going to be some new faces. You know, they, they couldn't do Marv Alvin anymore. He's retired. You know, Chris Marlowe. I know Bob Fitzgerald, uh, the TV voice for, for yeah. the Warriors. He did the last two, three That's, Olympics. Yeah, he did. And and, so. and, and look, I think look, Chris Marlowe's been doing this for, like, ever. It's, he's mm -hmm. been calling I know up. he does volleyball, too. I don't know he if he's did. still going to do volleyball. I, but. He is. I think he's done. He's done. Um, yeah, I think he's still doing volleyball. I think I heard him doing one of the beach volleyball coverage. Because okay. I think the basketball and the – the, the the beach volleyball venues are like right like not too far from each other that's probably mm -hmm. why he's able to do it but yeah i think they sounded good i think like vince carter sounded good i think espn i think will probably be wise to put him in one of the, the telecasts for the nba coverage or maybe in their college basketball covers next season mm -hmm. maybe just a thought but i thought, I thought it sounded fine i mean I, I wish you know hopefully they'll call a better u.s result tonight <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah i think i think it sounded i think it sounded good i mean look i think all the tv you know Look at Dan Hicks. Dan Hicks and Roddy. Look, Michael Phelps actually sounded pretty good during the swimming events with Dan mm -hmm. Hicks and Roddy Gaines. So I think he sounded, you know, he sounded really good. Um, yeah, I think I think they sounded fine. What about you? Yeah, I was impressed by Vince Carter. I know he did some work with Turner a couple of years ago during the playoffs. He did some studio work. Of course, he played the game. And I said, he's a very intelligent young man. Knows how to express himself in a very professional way. He's doing a great job with ESPN. I know he's doing. Uh, the Olympics, you know, calling action on the floor. And if he can get some experience under his belt, I think he'll be fine there as well. I know he's just analyzing the game. He's a studio analyst. 
uh, for Sports Center and for the Hawks on their local TV coverage. But uh, uh, hopefully he can improve, and I think he will improve uh, as these games go on as far as being a game analyst uh, is concerned doing live action stuff. Yeah, like I said, I think that like, I think as he gets better and better, I think that this will get ESPN to like, you know, maybe put him on one of your TV crews. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's a good studio, but I think he wants a new um, game uh, analyst. So analyzing work. So we'll see. Should be. Look, you don't want to do. You don't want to do with Vince Carter. What happened with Mark Sanchez? You, you let him go when he wanted to do game stuff. So yep. you don't want to have that same situation in a couple mm-hmm. of years. Just if you're ESPN, just saying. All right. Pause it, Lakina, for a minute. Can you pause it? Okay, too. We're going to come back with this very short timeout. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Lakina, let's go to the NFL. Training camps are opening up today. Practices don't start until Thursday. But the majority of these teams, our Chicago Bears, are reporting to Hallis Hall as we speak. Mm-hmm. Lakina, besides the storyline of rookie quarterback Justin Fields out of Ohio State, how well we assume that he's going to do in training camp. What's your other storyline uh, that that fans should pay attention to uh, as we start training camp? I think the Allen Robinson thing should be getting a little more attention than it has. Excuse me. I think, of course, the news came out over the weekend that they have not – they're not going to agree on a long-term, long-term extension, at least not this year. I think that's going to be a thing that's you know fans are going to have to look out for for the season. Also, too, Allen Robinson, how is – you know, I think for Allen Robbins, I think that's sort of like the thing, like, you know, how is he going to play, especially with Andy Dalton and with Justin Fields? I mean, forget, like you said, forget to just leave it Justin Fields out of it. I think look, there's nothing really like we can't really, you know, predict on when he'll start. So we got to assume that Andy Dalton is going to be the starting quarterback going into week one. You know, how, the, how about the defense? I mean, Akeem Hicks. Will he be traded, you know, or somehow will he be released or whatever? How, how much does he have left in the tank after, you know, you know, all these years of injuries? You know, the defense is a little bit is a year older. You got Eddie Goldman mm-hmm. coming back from, um, from you know, opting out, you know, due to COVID last year. That's another thing that's going to be, in, you know, another thing that's going to be a big question mark. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely – yeah, look, like I said before, I'm not going to say, look, there's some stuff in Green Bay that's going on. We actually got some news that we'll share with you in a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, what do you think, Sid? Because there's definitely some other question marks. I mean, who's going to be kind of like that guy, you know, especially now that Anthony Miller has been traded. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but what are you looking for? What, what's your, like your big question mark, Sid? It's, it's the defense. You mentioned one of the players' names, Eddie Goldman. I know he, uh, there was some about talks of rumors about him retiring. Obviously, that's not happening. I know there's been some film and some pictures via social media these last few weeks of him working out and getting himself back into to shape. So I want to see how he fits back in this Bears system. Uh, of course, he missed last year due, uh, opted out due to COVID concerns. We saw what he did two, three years ago when the Bears made the playoffs. He he was an integral part of that Bears defense. Him and Hakeem Hicks, everybody wants to talk about them as impact players as far as rushing the passer. Both of them did a great job um, mm-hmm. stopping the run. And we saw last year the Bears struggled to stop the run, especially uh, late in the season. So uh, I want to see how that aspect of their defense gets back to hopefully its top form. It, it was at this peak two, three years ago. So Eddie Goldman is my, is my number one storyline heading to training camp this week 
Yeah, yeah, he's definitely how he's gonna look. I know he's in you know good mm-hmm. shape. We've heard some you know some people that we know who cover the Bears that he said that they're he's in really good shape. But again, he's a year older, and also that defense is a year older. How does Khalil Mack look with some of the injuries he suffered? Mm-hmm. Well, I said the same thing about Akeem Hicks. I mean, can this defense still be a top ten, top twelve defense? How's the <laughs> offense gonna look? You know, yes, you got a different looking O line, but again. You know, is Andy Dalton going to be your starting quarterback going into week one? I mean, how is Justin Fields going to look, you know, in the in the preseason especially? You only got three games to kind of, you know, analyze. Mm-hmm. So, and, and look, I know some people are going to say, you know, the stuff going on in Green Bay, like I said earlier. But, you know, again, you – look, Bears fans are sure what's going on with the Bears because this team, I don't think this team is, is going to be a playoff team despite some of the, uh, the, the improvements that they made. I just don't think they are. At least right now, what do you think? I don't know if they're a playoff team or not. Like I said, I picked them to go to the playoffs a year ago. Well, I pick them again. You'll have to find out once the season starts. But the other uh, storylines I'm looking at is, of course, the offensive line. How's that going to impact the decision that head coach Matt Nagy will ha- eventually have to make? When does he put rookie quarterback Justin Fields in, assuming that he shows down in the preseason? Will this offensive line be built for Andy Dalton or for Justin Fields? With all the pieces that were missing a year ago, I know you let a couple of guys go in the offseason due to salary cap concerns, but how is that offensive line going to look? And number two, no pun intended, who's going to be that number two wide receiver to go along with Allen Robinson, especially as as you traded Anthony Miller to the Texans? Is it Darnell Mooney's job to lose, or will somebody – that we don't know about, step in and step up and take that spot. And that, That's going to be interesting. It's not to be people talking about that. And is Moody going to be that guy? I mean, can he be that number two guy after Robbins? I think that's mm-hmm. another thing that's going to be, you know, that's going to be kind of like the number one question here. And, and like, like I said, I mean, with Anthony Miller, um, just want to say something about that for a second. I mean, it's kind of a bummer because I was very high on him when he came out of Memphis. He had that great mm-hmm. – he had that great rookie season, but just couldn't get together in this offense of Nagy. So, you know, we'll see how he does in Houston. Again, they have their own issues. We won't go there, but even in, the, in the quarterback spot, but, you know, we'll see. I think, and look, I think that you're able to get, not have to give up too much, you know, for, you know, to get of your Houston. So, you know, again, you, know, you wish him a, a great career. And look, they actually signed tight end Jesse James, like they need, like they need any more tight ends? Don't they have like about a dozen already <laughs> in their roster? I mean, do they really like do the like was that even really necessary? I mean, come on. So, I don't know, like I said, I'll save all my bears like nuggets for like as we get into as the shows go on, as we get into like deep into the NFL preseason, you know, in our divisional previews and such. But and I'm not, I'm up, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll say that. And I think you should have, have every right to feel that way because I think what head coach Matt Nagy is doing is correct as far as naming Andy Dalton the starter right now. That perhaps I'm sure it gives motivation to Justin Fields to go out and do his best. Nothing's given to you. We all know that you were, you were chosen to be the franchise quarterback, but you had to go out and earn it from all the reports uh, that we've been seeing and hearing for the last few weeks. That he likes that challenge. Hope he can carry that momentum on to the preseason and on to training camp as we start here later on this week. And so the mentality 
and knowing the playbook are the two main things that fans should pay attention to when it comes to the quarterback position. Uh, the sooner they that he gets to time it down with his teammates and and gets camaraderie with those guys, the sooner the better. Obviously, the preseason games will tell tell the tell the story of how far or how long he has to go before he takes over the reins as the Chicago Bears starting quarterback. Again, we'll get to all that and. Look, this is sort of the time for, you know, Matt Nagy. This is the guy that he wanted. So, you mm-hmm. know, look, there are no excuses now. You actually, you got your guy. Now mm-hmm. starts, you know, you got you to coach him up. Yep. And that's, that's what needs to happen. We'll see as the days and weeks go on and through this preseason. Lakina, let's get to the rest of the NFL quickly. You mentioned about Aaron Rodgers and, and that, I don't know what you want to call it at this point, but I just wish that it, yeah, I'll say this and I'll say this hopefully the last time. This will be Aaron Rodgers last year in a Green Bay uniform. Whatever happens after that happens. Yeah. What what people are talking about right now, I don't care. Yeah, Ian Rappaport um, came out with something he indicated to people close to him, this is according to what he said Aaron Rodgers did. He plans on, you know, playing for Green Bay this season, but that's it. That's the expectation. So, again, there's a little bit of optimism there. Like, I just think this whole thing was really, like, silly and asinine from the jump. There's some other asinine stuff that's going on. We'll get to that in a, in a bit. But uh, it just sounded absurd. You know, they were, they were betting, you know, you know, there were folks, you know, sports betting sites that were actually betting that he would retire, which I thought was completely silly and absurd. You know, and then, I mean, there, there's no <laughs> way they're going to, you know, he was going to retire, especially like this. They may do, you know, now some of the reports, you know, the, the last few days have said that, he may do kind of like a last dance sort of sort of thing with Green Bay, and I think they they might do that. So, you know, mm-hmm. look, I look, we haven't talked about it much this summer, Sid, but with good reason because they just think it was really silly. And if this is the case, in which it looks like it is, he might you know come to training camp this week for the Packers. So all this drama, all this hoopla was for nothing. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> with that, we'll move on. Of course, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. We know that um, the, with the lawsuits pending, it looks like there's been no movement on that just yet. So things are quieted down for now. Of course, NFL Commissioner Roger Dale will have to make a decision on him soon. Of course, the reason why Deshaun Watson is in training camp is because 50K will be taken out of his bank account if he misses a day. So that's the real reason why he's at training camp. Lakina, without getting into the off-the-field stuff, even though that's a big part of it, what do you expect to happen between now and in the in September twelfth? Uh, that's the start, the first Sunday of the regular season, when Houston faces off against the rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you expect to happen? Um, nothing, if anything. I mean, look, these civil suits can go on for years, and there hasn't been a resolution for these civil suits. So, I think if you're in the NFL, I think you want to kind of like be smart and just look. As long as he's you know, nothing really, he hasn't gotten to any other type of trouble. He hasn't been in any kind of trouble. So you really have <laughs> no bounds to kind of keep him from playing. I know some people don't like hearing that, but that's kind of <laughs> how the, that's sort of like the, the standards we have here. So, you know, I don't think really nothing's going to happen. If, if it does, I mean, if he, said, if he goes on like some type of list or something like that, but the first five weeks, four or five weeks, okay, fine. But again, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of issues with the union. So that's not that might not be very smart of them to do that. So I think he's going to play unless something really, really like big happens. 
Yeah, I don't think he's going to play in the preseason. I mean, he probably wasn't going to play in the preseason anyway, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he started week one. Yeah. I wouldn't. But like you say, if you're in the NFL, you ain't, you're, in a, you're in a tough waters right now. You can't commit it because uh, all the evidence isn't out or assume that it is, that nothing's going to go any further. And number two, this is one of your top quarterbacks, top stars in, in the league. If you quote unquote convict them too early, and then everything comes out of the end that nothing really happens. It's all about we know most civil suits, ninety nine point nine percent of them are about money. And so, if you convict them too soon, you left with egg on your face again. I know they don't want that. The NFL doesn't want to have to go through that again. Uh, no, they don't. So, also too, um, we want to give our you know, get well soon to Colts head coach Frank Wright, who tested positive mm-hmm. for COVID. You know, despite getting vaccinated, he said he's asymptomatic. He hopes to join the team again within the next uh, week or two. And, you know, Sid, I think this is sort of one of those things where I think that I think it's better that this stuff comes out like now, I guess, because I guess mm-hmm. they, they've actually uh, have put some players, a few players, I should say, have been put into the, you know, the COVID reserve list. So, mm-hmm. I guess it's, it gives me the NFL if if anything can come out of this is that it happens now instead of maybe a month from now as you get like a couple of weeks into the season and you have a big outbreak. So hopefully, you know what, you know, our, you know get well soon to Frank Wright and mm-hmm. hopefully he'll be able to jo- rejoin the team soon. Yeah, and um, my best well wishes to him as well. Again, we talked about this in our last episode with the NFL cracking down on players who are not vaccinated. As we said before, half the league is at the 85% threshold as far as players and coaches um, being vaccinated. That number should and will improve by the time the season starts. So I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as it, as it is right now. So it, especially now when you're letting fans back into these stadiums. And we'll see what the test run is for these preseason games because uh, fans across the country haven't been able to attend these games in over a year. So uh, I know why the NFL has cracked down on it because they need to make up their revenue. To, just the TV revenue itself won't do it. And so I, I saw why uh, this happened. But I think things with the players will and coaches will be okay Yeah, I by think the time so the too. season starts. Yeah, I think so too. I think there's not going to be this big hoopla. I know some people you know, will say, well, this player doesn't want to get and that player. Does. And, and, and look, I think that they're going to figure it out you know, with their teams because I think that they don't want to – you don't want to cause an outbreak that, you know, that caused your team to forfeit. You don't want that. So mm-hmm. I think there's going to be, look, you're going to get tested regularly. You're probably going to be isolated from mm-hmm. everybody else. And if you, if you're, yep. feeling, you're, you know, if you're feeling, you're not feeling very well, you know, get your, you know, make sure don't go to the facility, go to like, you know, your doctor or whatever, and just, mm-hmm. you know, they'll let them go for there. From there. I mean, um, Chandler Jones, this came out um, over the weekend that he's not happy with his contract and wants a trade from Arizona. If you're Arizona, you're trying to make a make a, a splash in the in the mm-hmm. NFC West. This is not something that you want to hear. Although, <laughs> although um, Jeremy Fowler, who brought this uh, report out, said did say that he is he wants to play with JJ Watt. You know, he wants to stay in Arizona. He's just not very happy with his contract. And mm-hmm. they say that you know they hope they can figure it out because he's been really good for the organization, and you know, and everything. So. You know, I'm sure they'll figure it out, but this is not something you want to hear if you're Arizona, especially when you're about to start start training camp. No, that's something you don't want to hear. If you're Chandler Jones, you're using all the power that you have to get what you want. And as we always say all the time, players' contracts are only 25 to 30% guaranteed. They're not fully guaranteed. So if you Chandler Jones is no different than any other player. When you're, con- you're not happy with your contract, you get as much as you can. 
Yeah, over his career, he's proven to be one of the best young pass rushers in the game. And so um, with him, he should be paid like it. So with the struggling defense that Arizona had last year, he was their their standout player. I don't know if you have J.J. Wright over there, but he's only going to be there for a year or two. He's going to be gone. So if Jalen Jones is traded, what else you have left on that defense? That means you're going to depend on not going to his third-year quarterback, Kyler Murray, to – to uh, outshoot folks in terms of scoring touchdowns, outscoring folks. The arena style football in the NFL, even though this is what we're watching right now, that's not going to work in the long run. And also, too, he's also 31. So I think that if you're Arizona, that's one thing you actually have going, <laughs> you know, going for, for you. But, you know, we'll see. I, I think they'll figure it out. I, I think they'll say, look, we'll give you a nice, you know, they kind of, I don't want to say they're up against the cap, but they've actually dished out a lot of money, you know, to get mm-hmm. one and they've re-signed Baker. So Bubba Baker, I should say they're, they're talented safety. So I, I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll give them a very nice, instead of latent contracts. So that way it will count against the cap. So maybe give them a nice mm-hmm. three or four year extension, you know, make it kind of like front load. And then like, maybe you'll know, save a little bit of money. And the thing, yeah, well, a, I don't have my, I don't have an MBA. I, I kind of just figured out at the top of my head. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> yeah. You should be hired as a capologist. <laughs> Nah, I'm not that good at math. <laughs> not another good calculus. <laughs> Any other NFL news that caught your attention said as we go into these training camps? Uh, as I said in our last episode, I can't wait for Hard Knocks that will premiere, I believe, next week. Mm-hmm. I believe um, so. Which they'll they'll follow the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and I know they'll have exclusive footage from the Hall of Fame game, which none of the superstars are going to play. They'll just stand on the sidelines and be interviewed by whoever and kiss and wave to the crowd. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's like, you know, wave to the crowds and stuff. So, yeah, so that's probably what they – yeah, don't expect, you know, Dak or Zeke or any of those guys to play. Like you said, so they may play, like, maybe a series if, if that. So, I, I, I doubt they're – they're going to be the old – they and Pittsburgh are going to be the only teams they're going to be doing. I think they're still going to do three, even though they are playing very early, you know, in the mm-hmm. preseason. So, we'll see how that works. Now, this you – know, quick news before we wrap up, Sid. Um, Oklahoma and Texas have told – Big 12 officials that they're not going to grant their media rights, renew their media rights, you know, after their expiration date in 2025, mm-hmm. you know, they had a joint statement and, you know, it, it, it's, you know, they're going to, I guess they're going to give on the way to go to the SEC that some people, they may have to pay a penalty if they want to join even earlier, like as, as soon as 18 months, they're going to have to pay like $80 million penalty if they want to leave early. And I don't think no one wants to give that money back. Remember when Nebraska at this time last year were threatening to leave the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Big Ten said you had to give about $55 million or something around that range back. And Nebraska kept quiet and it went back to that big, big hole. Yeah, so that, that's going to be very <laughs> interesting. Um, you know, it, it, it just, it's just absurd that, they, that any team would do this, that these teams would do this. You have, there's really no motivation for this other than money. Like, mm-hmm. I really don't. Like no other, you know, if Texas have a hard time in the Big 12, just imagine when they get to the SEC when they had to play Alabama and LSU and, you know, those type of teams. Like, really? Oklahoma may have their struggles, but I think they'll get it together. They got a great coach and stuff. They got a great, great facilities. But Texas, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're really going to struggle, especially in football. So I don't see other reason. Now, now um, Jay Billis from ESPN, who I agree with him most of the time, like 99.9% of the time. This is one of those 0.1% that I don't agree with him. Now he's saying that, that the SEC and the ACC should, you know, you know, could, should merge. Like, really? Why? <laughs> Why? Like, are you kidding? 
No. And I know people want to say, well, I don't, you know, people, I, I've heard like, I've heard like, you know, some sports radio, you know, hosts say, well, I don't care about the, why should you know, people should Chicago don't care about, yeah, I care about the Big 12. I do. <laughs> I about the Pac-12. I care. I care yeah. about the American Athletic Conference. I care. So please don't rate, put all of us in a broad brush. There actually are some of us who actually care about the Big 12. And if you're Kansas, you know, about your hoops, you know, where do you go? Do you go to the Big 10? Like, you know, look, you already got Maryland and Rutgers there. That's that's already weird to me. But again, yeah. that's, again I'm not going to go into a tangent because we don't have time. But I, I'm just like, that we're going to super conferences and conference realignment. My, my head hurts to go because I'm about to, I'm going to meet myself right before <laughs> I swear. I, I'm with you on this. It's all about money at the end of the day. As far as college football is concerned, I said this before in our last episode. If you're Oklahoma and Texas, are you going to out-recruit Alabama? The answer right now is no. As far as college basketball, it's going to be even a bigger mess. You know, who, who's going to be the natural rivalries now? Mm-hmm. Can someone help me out with that? We had this talk about this a decade ago when, um, when all these teams switched conferences and it affected college basketball more than it did college football. It's all about mm-hmm. college football at the end of the day, but college basketball rakes in the money too. So that has to be considered. I'm sure it was, but college football, this was all about the money. It's all, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about the, uh, it's all about the, the dollar at the end of the day. It's not about competition. It's not about, you know, all oh, good, you know, good college experience. Get the heck out of here. Texas LSU. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, there might be a nice little, you know, rivalry or maybe Texas, Oklahoma and Alabama. Okay. You know, they, they played like, you know, during the, um, you know, during the regular season, you know, years ago. But again, I mean, this is sort of like, okay, do you go, I'm sure the Pac-12 is going to be sniffing around against some of those other teams. You know, do you, if you're the big 12, do you get, try to get a, get a BYU to come to your conference, you know, so that way they won't be independent. I, mm-hmm. It's just going to be a whole lot of upheaval and I'm not here. I'm, I'm not ready for it. I'll say that. I, I'll say that. I'm not, I'm going to say I'm not here for it, but I'm just like, I'm going to roll my eyes. All this <laughs> stuff, you know, I'm sorry, but like you said, so this is going to affect college hoops and nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and, and what penalties are both those schools will have to pay to leave if they want to leave sooner, before 2025. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the issue right there. Yeah, is, 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 you know, ESPN, they're going to have that big TV contract for the SEC starting next year. Are they going to be willing to pay for that, pay that $80 million that's gonna that they're going to have to pay you know, to get Texas and mm-hmm. Oklahoma in the conference sooner? Do you really want to do that for ESPN, especially since you've had to ask people to take pay cuts, you've asked people to let go? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like I say, it's going to be interesting over these next few months and perhaps the next couple of years. So this is far from over. When there is uh, smoke, there's fire. So there's definitely fire at this point. How is it going to get put out? <laughs> Ooh, boy. Trey's already leaving the station for conference realignment, so yay, that should be. <laughs> and also, too, some breaking news. Um, Antonio Gates Jr., that's the son of, he's son of former Chargers legend Antonio Gates. You know, he's committed to play at Michigan State with Mel Tucker. So Mel Tucker is his first, you know, one of his first big recruits. And you were feeling and what, old, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> and watch you have a big game against Illinois. <laughs> You got a couple of years. You got a couple of years. We got to worry about that, Sid. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> He's only a There'll be somebody else year. until then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll see. We'll see. Like, like I said, we'll see what Brett uh, Blim. 
Bielma does, you know, in a, give him a couple of years, you know, maybe. Yeah, uh, he did the take me out to the ball game at the Cubs game last Sunday. I did. I, I did. I saw, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Not the best. Yeah, singer, he better. But... Yeah. Like I say, he better take in these good vibes now because it could be a long road for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. I wish him the best. I wish him yeah. the best, but it, it's going to be tough. Yeah. going to be very, yeah, it is going to be very tough, especially. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's definitely you know, kept his eye on recruiting, so we'll we'll see what he does over at mm-hmm. Illinois. But yeah, so well, we're almost at August, Sid. I mean, we're gonna be you know talking more football. Mm-hmm. We've got some baseball, of course. The Olympics are finishing up, so you know, definitely a lot of you know sports coming up this week. So just look, you know, just look at your local listings, you know, to see what kind of sports you like to watch, and also definitely mm-hmm. a lot of places you can find them. So don't. Yep, you know, the trade that. deadline. Yep, the trade deadline should be interesting, Lakina. We'll be back uh, to um, perhaps report on a couple of deals and maybe dish out some rumors on a couple of deals that might be on the horizon. So this next episode should and will be fun. Yeah, also, too, we'll see if any interesting things happen in the first few days of training camp. They rarely do, but then again, you never know. So we'll yeah, give you yeah. a breast of that. Yeah, this is the NFL, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Take us out, Sid. Yep. You can uh, find your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. Videos drop every Monday and Friday. Once again, videos drop every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. You can download the audio version of this podcast at War on Anchor. Once again, at W-A-R-R on Anchor. You type that in your search engine box where all podcasts are available. You can go to our website, wearegoradio.com for more details. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. And for Lakina, I'm saying this has been Second City Sports. And, you know, stay safe out there. Stay cool, guys, because it's going to be very hot, hot, hot (laughs) these next few days here in Chicago and in a lot of places all over the country. And also be safe. Keep your hands washed. Wear your mask and just be good to each other. You know, until next, until... Hey, that's my week. line. That's my yeah, line. Say, until until uh until later this week. First hit I'm like here. This is Second City Sports Zoom style. And we'll see you this weekend. Till next time. Holla. <laughs>